0: Thanks for following along the second season of Crime Beat. And thanks so much to the listeners who have supported our sponsor, the La Mirada Theatre for the Performing Arts. I've seen shows there several times, and it's a great night out. In January, they will have a new play, the very dark comedy Arsenic and Old Lace. There will be more details and a discount code later in this episode. So thank you to the La Mirada Theatre for the Performing Arts. If you're interested in domestic violence issues, in an academic discussion of those, you need to check out a podcast called Targeted, hosted by Mo Blackwell.
1: Targeted, true crime, domestic violence. We tell stories of those who were targeted by domestic abuse and investigate cases of family violence using academic research to interpret the events. As a college professor, I think we need to stop making family violence a secret. Let's use our stories to help heal, and provoke change. Season 3 features the case of Josh Osborne, which is a story of abuse.
0: When he woke up, she was
1: abusing him. When he went to sleep, she was abusing him. So his abuse was nonstop. It didn't matter what he did. It was nonstop. But it is also a story of hope. Targeted. True crime. Domestic violence. Listen to us for free on all of your favorite podcatchers. Peace, my friends. Peace.
0: And here's Crime Beat. Some of the descriptions, details, and language in this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Opening statements in the Kathy Torres murder trial began February 10th, 2015, two days before the 21st anniversary of Kathy's death.
2: Basically, this is one of those cases where you had... There was no... Excuse me. there's no specific smoking gun. There was no one piece of evidence that just, you know, made or broke this case. So you had on both sides uh, a lot of kind of smaller pieces that had to fall together to convince the jurors one way or the other. That was my colleague, Orange County Register reporter
0: Sean Emery. He was in the courtroom when prosecutor Matt Murphy took on his mentor, defense attorney Lou Rosenblum. 21 years is a long time for a mom to wait for a chance at justice. Matt Murphy pledged to show how Sam Lopez killed Kathy in a jealous rage the week after finding a hickey on her clavicle. Lou Rosenblum told the jury that Sam Lopez never had contact with Kathy that night. His defense was that Javier Lopez killed her during a robbery. The first witness was Mary Bennett, Kathy's mother.
1: I was the first one?
0: What was it like to be on the witness stand?
1: It was hard. It was, uh, it was very hard. And uh, first of all, because you had waited all these years to get to this point, And uh, you wanted to not to make any mistakes, to try to remember, but you get nervous and you try to keep all your thoughts together.
0: My name is Keith Sharon. I'm a reporter with the Southern California News Group. In 1994, Kathy Torres, a 20-year-old student at Cal State Fullerton, never came home from working a night shift in the photo department at Savon. In this podcast, I'm going to look at just how cold the case can get. I'm going to tell you about Kathy's mother, Mary Bennett, her family, Detective Darren Wyatt, and their extraordinary and frustrating two-plus-decade pursuit of justice. This is Crime Beat, Season 2. Episode 10, Bombshells. Mary testified that when Kathy went missing, she tried several times to reach Sam Lopez by phone, and he didn't return her calls for several days. Since Sam lived across the street, and had been on a date with Kathy as recently as the week before she disappeared, Mary told the court she wanted to reach Sam to see if he could help in the search. I wasn't in the courtroom, but I've been told Lou went hard after Mary. Detective Darren Wyatt, who grew very close with Mary and her family over the years, said Lou made a mistake by being so aggressive with the victim's mother. Matt Murphy, on the other hand, said he questioned the jury after the trial and Lou's treatment of Mary had no effect on the outcome.
2: Lou is the only attorney I know, myself included, that can go after a mom on the a, on a stand and not pay a price with the jury.
0: Since Matt Murphy didn't call Javier Lopez, who had once claimed to have helped Sam only by getting rid of the murder weapon after Kathy was dead, Matt's case focused on Sam Lopez's interviews with police. Investigator Larry Montgomery became obsessed with the transcript of Sam's interviews. Like I said in a previous episode, I remember sitting at Larry's kitchen table as he showed me 40 pages of his color-coded notebook, outlining all the incidents where he believed Sam lied. Larry said he kept asking himself, how would an innocent person act? What would an innocent person say? When Sam didn't act or say something like an innocent person, Larry made a note. The lies started to add up. This
2: was... uh one after another after another just overwhelming stuff that would pile up when you do this like my notes here when you look at notes every time i have an asterisk with red Mm -hmm. that is something that we would probably use in trial because it becomes ridiculous i was hoping to catch a couple of things what did you catch well it was uh i had 60 pages of notes originally and I had 40 typewritten pages, single spaced typewritten pages of new stuff that I found in the three two an or the two months that I really spent looking at it mm-hmm. and it was 60 things that I missed Six, 60 60 things that I missed. So 60 new inconsistencies. Things consistent with guilt and not consistent with innocence.
0: The prosecution's plan was to take the most explosive 20 lies from Sam's statements and show them to the jury. Here's one major item from one of Sam's interviews. Listen to him catch himself almost saying too much. He's talking to the police about Kathy's boyfriend, Albert Rangel, who had hanged himself. Sam's talking about the coincidence of her disappearing the week after that hanging.
3: Why right after a week? Why right after this happened to him, she gets, you know, I don't know what happened to her. You know, I, I, I don't know what happened to her. You know, I couldn't say this happened because I don't know.
0: It's stuff like that. Did you hear Sam almost say murdered or stabbed? Why, after this happened to him, does she get stabbed?
3: Why, right after this happened to him,
0: she gets... Remember, he's supposed to know nothing about what happened at this point. But it almost sounds like he was about to say something incriminating. I don't know what happened
3: to her. I don't know what happened to her. You know, I couldn't say this happened because I don't know.
0: Sam stumbling over his words and sounding like he was hiding something, that was all Matt Murphy had. There was a point in the interview where Sam seemed to be explaining his own rage. Here's Officer Gary LeGalbo talking to Sam.
3: You mentioned, though, that she had told you a few times that she was, like, interested in Albert and She was throwing it up in your face right. to make you jealous because she said she she always wanted you, and you kept pushing her away because she was being a flake and stuff, right? Right. Um, what, what kind of things would she say to try and... You know. She would mention his name, and she she knows that. Look, look, look. Every time she mentions some guy's name, I get pissed off. Okay, oh, I can understand that. That's you know, okay. Because you know, I mean, not not for the fact that she, that, that that she's with this guy, you know, because she's with me at the time, and I really don't want nobody talking. I mean, her talking about any any other guy. Okay. you know, well, I can understand that. And, I can and, and, and um, she just mentioned his name a couple yeah. of times, and uh, that's it.
0: What Sam is doing there sounds so close to talking about motive. And that's what the prosecution's trying to convince the jury. Murphy made a huge deal of about how Sam was acting in the interview room when the detectives walked out for a second and left him alone.
2: What Sam did in that interview was he, and he had had time to think about this, he thought, okay, how does an innocent person act? And he played the role of somebody that has nothing to do with the case and like Mr, you know, man on the street who, you know, is being questioned about a liquor store robbery and does not have a care in the world. And that's the wrong character. Right. You know, what he should what he should, he should realize? He should have been grieving angry boyfriend because we had information that he was possessive and that he was jealous and that he was that's that's how their relationship and their dynamic was. And that that guy, the guy that we knew Sam was in that interview, if he was innocent, he would have been breathing fire. He would have been demanding to know, you know, what he can do, who it was. He would have been trying to get information so that if the police didn't solve it, he would be able to take care of business. That's what kind of guy he somebody was. Got
0: my, somebody killed my girlfriend.
2: Right, and right. if you think about it, a jealous guy, what is a jealous guy worried about? A jealous guy is worried about somebody taking the object of your affection away, right? Like, that's the whole thing. So this isn't just some other dude who took her to a movie. This is somebody who took her away forever So how does jealous boyfriend, Sam Lopez act? Um, He looks at the, at a smudge on his hat and it's like, oh man, he's trying to brush that off. He's like, he's testing the particle board trying to figure out if it's soundproof.
0: Here's another detail I couldn't get out of my head. Remember, this was the era of pagers. Kathy didn't have a pager, but Sam did. When Kathy went missing, Mary Bennett kept calling Sam's pager number from her home phone. Sam didn't answer. As far as he knew, if he was an innocent guy, that could have been Kathy calling to say that she'd come home safely. He wasn't supposed to know she was already dead. Or did he? Days went by while Kathy was missing before Sam returned Mary Bennett's pages. Lou Rosenblum argued to the jury that Javier Lopez was the killer. His theory was that Javier killed Kathy during the commission of a robbery. Javier's attorney wasn't buying Lou's theory. Here's Jack Early saying Sam killed Kathy after a long-simmering rage built up inside him.
4: I think what happened is, is that there was, you know, there was obviously battles, things that were going on between the two of them, and something that day bubbled the rage up, so something unplanned happened. Um, either one leads to a murder conviction.
0: Lou Rosenblum argued strenuously that Sam never saw Kathy on the night she disappeared. He couldn't have picked up Javier at 8, met Kathy at Baskin-Robbins, driven to the Angelina Villa apartments, killed Kathy, driven her body to Placentia Linda Hospital, then dropped off Javier at Juan Barroso's house in Fullerton, and made it home by 930 Here's register reporter Sean
2: Emery. It was a lot of trying to prove that he could not physically have been there the day, or been able to get to her the night that it happened. There was a lot of talk of where he was during that day, when he was back in Orange County, when he was here, when he was there, how long it would take driving and all that.
0: I've driven the same route. Sam's route that night was a total of 13.9 miles, with five locations. It took me 34 minutes to drive the route. If Sam got into Kathy's car at 8.15 and he was home by 9.30, then he had 75 minutes to drive and argue and kill her and clean up. Let's just say he could have driven all those places in 75 minutes with plenty of time to spare. The jury agreed. On March 3rd, 2015, Sam Lopez was found guilty of murder. In the end, it was Sam's first videotaped interview that got him convicted. All that worry about DNA and blood spatter didn't matter as much as what came out of Sam's mouth. All that internal fighting and disagreements for two decades about whether they had enough to arrest and convict Sam, and the prosecution had it all along. Here's Matt Murphy.
2: I don't think Lou lost the case. I think we won the case with the work of Darren and Larry regarding Sam's interview and the stuff that he did. we The reason we won the case was you know, despite all the technology, despite all of the advancements in science and the touch DNA that came back to, you know, Javier on her armpit and all that stuff, what it really came down to was how would an innocent person act, you know, on that tape at, at Placentia PD? How would a guilty guy act?
0: There, sitting in that courtroom, with her arms wrapped around her kids, telling herself not to cry was Mary Bennett. When the verdict was read, she didn't allow herself to react. When the jury came back with a guilty verdict, uh, Mary was sitting in the front row and I was obviously at counsel table and we just turned around and made eye contact. And that was enough for Mary and Darren. They didn't say anything, just a glance To acknowledge the internal euphoria and the years of pain. In 2015, Kathy Torres would have turned 42 years old. Her case was an unsolved murder longer than she was alive. Justice wasn't sweet. It was better than no justice, but it didn't bring closure. It didn't ease anyone's heart. A guilty verdict simply meant that this part of Kathy's case was over. Don't miss
1: Broadway's classic killer comedy, Arsenic and Old Lace. Combining murder and mayhem with zany humor, Arsenic and Old Lace is an uproaring comedy that gives hospitality a bad name. Opens January 24th through February 16th. Tickets at LaMiradaTheatre.com.
0: Here's the special offer from the La Theatre for the Performing Arts. Buy one ticket to Arsenic and Old Lace. Get one free. Use the promo code ANTBOGO. A-U-N-T-B-O-G-O. Enter the code before selecting your seats. Valid on all performances of Arsenic and Old Lace. Offer good on full-price tickets only. Tickets are available at Theater.com. On May 2nd, 2015, Sam Lopez was scheduled to be sentenced. But first, Judge David A. Hoffer asked if anyone from Kathy's family wanted to speak. Mary went first. Mary said her daughter was, quote, a beautiful woman with a promising future. Debbie Torres was next. She told the judge her sister, quote, worked extremely hard and excelled at everything she did. My family has suffered for 21 years, not knowing whether there would be justice for Kathy. She will forever be young, and she will live on in our memories. Debbie was overcome with emotion and couldn't finish her statement. When Marty Torres got his turn, he was angry. A photo of him pointing at Sam was picked up by the media. Then, Kathy's older sister, Tina, got to speak. Let me stop here for a second. Just this week, as I record this, it's December of 2019, I got a call from Tina Mora, Kathy's sister. She asked me if I had a copy of her remarks from Sam Lopez's sentencing hearing. She had saved the pages that she read that day in court. I asked her to say those difficult words again. One note. She asked the judge to sentence Sam to life without the possibility of parole. The judge did not take her recommendation.
1: Your Honor, I am the sister of Kathy Torres. My name is Tina Mora, Kathy, the pretty petite young lady full of life, hope, and promise. I stand before this court grateful to have this opportunity to share the impact of Samuel Lopez's gruesome and horrific actions. I present your honor with the reasons why Samuel Lopez needs to receive justice to the fullest extent of the law. Samuel Lopez needs to receive life in prison without the possibility of parole. A jury listened to evidence presented and found him guilty of murdering my sister, Kathy. Your Honor, Samuel believes that he is above earthly judgment. That is why he has lived his life with no remorse for the dreadful things he did to my sister. Sam If you believe that only God can judge you, then you must come forth with the truth. Confess how you grabbed Kathy. Confess how she screamed at you to stop. Confess why you stabbed her head 12 times. Share with God why you ignored her cries for you to stop. Tell him why you chased her and stabbed her in the back more than once Confess to God how you picked up her bloody body. Tell him how she cried and begged you to stop. Tell God how with all the blood on her face you looked at her eyes. Tell him she moved as blood seeped from all the gruesome wounds on her body. Let God know how you realized she was still alive in the trunk of the car. Then explain to him how you were able to stab Kathy one last time as she lay wounded in the fetal position inside the trunk. Sam, what did you hear when the trunk door slammed shut? Speak for God to judge you. Tell God how you looked at your hands after that. Yes, you cleaned up with your evil accomplices. You washed your hands and continue to do so daily sam kathy's blood will be forever on your hands try as you want to wash your hands but there are not enough soaps to penetrate and cleanse your skin sam you will be forever marked with kathy's blood the girl you said was fun to be with the girl who made you laugh the girl who you wanted to run off and elope with sam sam you said there was no one else like her. Your Honor, Kathy hoped to leave a mark in this world. The 74 stab wounds Samuel inflicted on her body marked her and essentially took her life. But those savage hacks did not stop her spirit from giving. For each stab mark Sam left on her body, God has given us bountiful blessings. We have seen the marks of the countless prayers of support, the marks of students that benefit from resources from the Kathy Torres Learning Center in Placentia, the marks of relatives who have chosen career paths based on their own experiences and impact of living through Kathy's murder. As you can see, Your Honor, Kathy's marks continue to impact many. Kathy's poor body endured a merciless torture, but we, her family, recognize the inspirational marks she left and embrace the blessings we receive until our last breath. I know in my heart that Kathy was not alone when Sam the killer slammed the trunk closed. God was with her, and as she passed into his loving arms, God has also been with all of us through this long journey. We have lost loved ones who waited for and prayed with their last breath for justice for our Kathy. Our dad, my my pa, endured cancer treatments in hopes that he would leave, live to see the case go to trial. In the end, his body could fight no more. In his last words, my boss said he wanted justice for his kati. We know this journey is far from over, but we will stand and go forward because God is in our hearts providing us with the faith, strength to survive, and carry on. The young ones in our family will, will learn Kathy's story, and it is our hope that they will learn how God's love is so immense that he bestowed numerous blessings to get us through our deep pain. Therefore, Your Honor, I beg you to sentence Samuel Lopez to life in prison without the possibility of parole. His vicious and savage attack on my sister Kathy warrants nothing less For the torture inflicted on her body as she lay in the trunk, still breathing. Thank you for your attention.
0: When Kathy's family was finished, Hoffer looked at the defense table. He asked Sam Lopez if he had anything to say. And Sam, he surprised everyone in the courtroom. He did have something to say. Quote, I would like to apologize to the Torres family for all the harm and grief I caused them. This was a horrible act that never should have happened. I am truly, truly sorry. I do pray and hope this brings a small amount of relief for their pain. And then he said something truly shocking. Everything Mr. Murphy said was the truth. Mary Bennett remembers walking out of the courtroom that day in shock. It took hours for Mary to process what had just happened. She remembers going home, and that's when it hit her.
1: I know that in the morning, the sun will shine. And it wasn't until later that evening, God, because it's not the first time he did it, but he hit me over the head and he said, do you not see what I gave you? Not only was he found guilty,
3: but a confession
1: out of his own mouth saying, and then I knew, that was that was God right there telling me.
0: Judge Hoffer sentenced Sam to a term of twenty-six years to life. Lou Rosenblum immediately declared Sam would not appeal the conviction. Matt Murphy said the confession was a genius move.
2: What Lou Rosenblum did with the confession was absolutely brilliant. It is I mean that is think think about this for a second. His guy has gone down on a first-degree murder, and we proved it. And the jury came in, and they were with us. When Luke came into the sentencing, and his guy says, um, "I did it." The DA was right. I apologize to the, I apologize to Kathy's family. I feel horrible about it. It was I mean you'll never see a public defender do that. It was genius because he has now um, he's doing. I think with the with the current sentencing. Structure, he's going to do. He's, I mean, he'll have a parole hearing within, he'll get a parole hearing now within 10 years. I mean, now it's been a while since we did the trial, but he is He is now admitted responsibility at the first possible opportunity. He's gotten it off his chest, which is another thing that Lou likes to do because he really likes to help his clients. And he's brought some solace and finality to the victim's family and then waived his appellate rights all in one fell swoop which means he is now perfectly positioned for his first parole hearing. I mean, and if he stays out of trouble and stay in state prison, they will parole him.
0: Kathy's brother, Marty, isn't convinced the confession was genuine.
2: I think he did it for his parole,
3: so that the parole hearing, whenever it comes, he'll be like, oh, look, since the trial...
0: I you... showed remorse.
3: That was all self selfish. This is not a man who's... No. Calculating. Look, at I even waived my right for appeal because I didn't want to cause it. No, you didn't. You did it for yourself. Thinking that we will go away.
0: I don't think Mary Bennett or her family will ever go away. Here's something uncomfortable to consider. Did Sam Lopez really confess? Or did he say a clever collection of words concocted by his lawyer that sounded like a confession? Sam's ex-wife, Tina Montalongo has some strong feelings about the case.
4: I was disappointed. Shocked? So, I mean, I don't think I was shocked. I was just disappointed. Um, Because, I mean, just, I felt like they wanted it for so long that it was going to happen. You you felt like... I was trying to tell myself that maybe it would come back... I'm not guilty but I think in my mind I knew they were just it was going to come that way so I was just disappointed because I didn't understand how they could how could they come up with that when there was no DNA there was no you know there was no weapon that came it's how do you convict somebody for the rest of their life without that kind of evidence it's just beyond me I don't understand it
0: obviously the elephant in the room that we haven't discussed is the sentencing so Uh he walks in the court and he hears the victim statements and then he stands up and says i'm sorry
4: Uh
0: what do you think of that
4: what people expect him to say like he cared about her, like wouldn't you be sorry that something like that happened to anybody you knew?
0: you, you, you
4: people didn't. say he confessed. Right. I never heard him say, you know what, I did this, this is how I did it, this is where I did it, this is what I did with the murder weapon. I never heard that. And to my knowledge, he hasn't said that.
0: What he said was, everything Matt Murphy said in the trial was correct. Yes, he did. Isn't that the same?
4: no because why not say if you're going to confess to it you're already in there you're already you're already guilty of it why not just say i mean if I was kathy's mom as hard as it would be to to know i would still want to know how it happened so hobby had to give an accounting of everything that happened i'm sorry but I read that and i don't it doesn't go with how Matt Murphy was saying everything happened. Right. It doesn't go. It just doesn't jive. But yeah, I don't see see him doing something like that. Just that's just my opinion. I don't. But he doesn't have it in him to hurt. You know, a freaking animal, let alone a human being that he cared so much about.
0: His quote unquote confession doesn't... It's not a confession to me. Sam Lopez went to prison, but there was still work to be done. Armando Lopez pleaded guilty to tampering with a witness. He was sentenced to probation. John Barroso, as I explained in a previous episode, had all charges against him dropped. He wasn't called as a witness in this case. His case just evaporated after the statute of limitations ran out. That leaves Javier Lopez... Here's the problem with Javier. He pleaded guilty, but everyone involved believed his plea was a lie. He tried to say that he only showed up at the Kathy Torres murder scene after the crime had been committed. He changed his story so many times. His statement was so unbelievable, he wasn't called as a witness during Sam's trial. Matt Murphy said he didn't call Javier his potential star witness because Lou Rosenblum would have destroyed him on the witness stand. Darren Wyatt and Matt Murphy were convinced Javier had been with Sam during the entire time he encountered Kathy on the night she was murdered and that Javier helped Sam put her in the trunk while she was still alive. They believed Javier helped kill Kathy Torres. So after Sam's conviction they went to get a new statement from Javier, a new guilty plea he would be pleading guilty this time to involuntary manslaughter. There would be no trial. For his cooperation, he would get out of jail immediately. He had been in jail for almost eight years. But something very strange happened. They were not prepared for what he was about to tell them. Javier sat in front of Matt Murphy, Darren Wyatt, Larry Montgomery, and Javier's attorney, Jack Early. Here's Darren Wyatt at the start of the plea meeting. Uh, as you know, probably from your attorney, there uh, there's some physical evidence in the case that, that points in certain directions, um, <clears throat> but you're the only person uh, that's sitting in this room today that can tell us the truth about what occurred that night. Okay? Um, and I know you know, everybody knows that you haven't been honest with us in the past about this. And uh, my understanding is that today you're here because you want to tell us the truth. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So what I'd like to do is, uh, is to start with, I want you to tell me everything that you know about the murder of Kathy Torres. Your involvement, anybody else's involvement, um, people who are involved directly in the murder, people who are involved in uh, concealing the crime after it occurred, anything and everything that you can think of to tell me about, and I'm just going to let you talk. Javier started on familiar turf, talking about how he knew Kathy from growing up in the same neighborhood and attending the same high school. Then, two minutes and 30 seconds into his statement, Javier offered up something that had never before been part of this case. I have been studying this case for more than a year, I've read every newspaper article, seen every television report, I've listened to dozens of interviews, and conducted dozens of interviews myself. I remember gasping when I heard these words for the first time.
3: Several weeks before the missing of Kathy Torres, that she, that my cousin came over to my house by himself, and... talking about Sam? Yeah. Cousin Sam came over to my house, and he... Um, he took me, in, uh, took me off to the side, which is in my room. Um, remember that? And he, he told me, I'm having a little situation. And I said, well, whatever you need, cousin, you know, let me know. And he said, um,
4: Kathy Torres is pregnant. And I got her pregnant.
0: Here's the thing. Kathy Torres was not pregnant. But what Javier Lopez said may have changed everything. Next time on Crime Beat Season 2, Mom vs. Murderer. The murder tour. We get in the car with Darren Wyatt as he takes us all over Placentia to show how and where Kathy Torres was killed. We'll match Wyatt's conclusions with what Sam and Javier told the police. And we'll tell you everything I could find out about Javier's bombshell allegation. Crime Beat, Season 2, was produced by the Southern California News Group. The executive editor was Frank Pine. The senior editor was Todd Harmonson. Audio editing, mixing, and music by Kevin Sablon. Field recording and videos by Jeff Gritchen. Graphics by Kurt Snibby. And I want to give special thanks to podcasters who inspired this work, Amy Wilson and Amber Hunt on Accused, Sarah Koenig on Serial, Brian Reed on S-Town, Chris Goffard on Dirty John, Madeline Barron on In the Dark, Nate DeMeo on The Memory Palace, and Phoebe Judge on Criminal. The best way you can support this podcast is to give us high ratings, write great reviews, and tell your friends to check out our work. Also, you can listen to Crime Beat Season 1, Stealing Nixon's Millions. That story was the inspiration behind the 2019 movie, Finding Steve McQueen, starring Forrest Whitaker, Travis Fimmel, Rachel Taylor, and William Fickner. Thanks for listening. Here's more information on the play, Arsenic and Old Lace, at the La Mirada Theatre for the Performing Arts. The play is scheduled to run from January 24th through February 16th. Use the promo code ANTBOGO, A-U-N-T-B-O-G-O, for a discount on tickets at LaMiradaTheatre.com.